When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. I'm your host, Erin Marlowe, and each week I'm joined by a panel of guests to discuss all things fandom and pop culture, primarily from a female perspective. You'll find everything from fanfic, to cosplay, to Schitt's Creek, to Supernatural, and everything in between. So put on your favorite piece of fandom merch, set aside that fanfic that you're writing about your OTP, and sit back and enjoy this week's episode. And welcome to this special episode of It's a Fandom Thing. Today, I am honored to be virtually sitting down with cinematographer Adam Santelli. His recent project, the Netflix film 13 the Musical, stars Deborah Messing, Josh Peck, and Rhea Perlman. It follows a 13-year-old with a grand scheme to make his bar mitzvah the cruelest party ever. Adam has previously worked on Descendants 3, directed by award-winning filmmaker Kenny Ortega. He's also lensed hundreds of music videos, working with high-profile acts like Snoop Dogg, Selena Gomez, Ludacris, and the Ramones. The experimental format of music videos allowed Santelli to explore a wide variety of styles, formats, and themes in his cinematography. So I'm very honored to be virtually sitting down with you, Adam. Thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Sure. Um, so I wanted to start first with 13, the musical, which, like I said, that is available now on Netflix. It's streaming on Netflix. And I wanted to know, um, how did this project come into your life and what was it about this that intrigued you? Um, yeah, this is uh, my third musical, um, youth musical. I worked with Nikita, who was our executive producer from Netflix, on um, Freaky Friday. And uh, she introduced me to Tamara and to Neil, and it kind of went from there. Yeah. And so what is it? So with filming a musical, I mean, do you think the fact that you've done so many music videos helps you with being able to tackle that? Because that's got to be a different kind of beast than filming like a regular, quote unquote, regular film. Sure. Yeah, it, it is in some sense. And in some sense, it's not, you know, I mean, uh, kind of like you said in the intro, I've done hundreds of music videos of all types and some have um, storylines and some are just performance based. Uh, so it is a really good background. At least I found it is a really good background to um, kind of parlay into, mu- in, into musicals. I am a huge musical fan. And so uh, I couldn't be in a more um, comfortable and familiar space um, for me, especially on 13. Um, or, you know, having done so many musicals, musicals, it's really kind of helped that comfort level of like working with multiple cameras and cranes and always trying to move with the music. I mean, you're trying to, as a cinematographer, you're trying to help elevate in some sense the choreography, or at least trying to explain the choreography visually. And, and having done it so many times in music videos, it just makes it a much more easier language to work at. 
Yeah, I think so. And and also, is it you're also probably trying to enhance the lyrics to the song as well, correct? Yeah, I, it, yeah, for sure. I mean, in this one, this is what really excited me about Thirteen is that the lyrics of 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 the songs are have so much storytelling in them, and and it, that's been a little rarity on the past couple ones I've worked on so it was really kind of interesting so so in a, in a sense you have these uh, i mean I, uh, 13 has these amazing musical numbers and they're big and they transform from location to location to location but what's really important is is that we make sure that the viewer actually listens to the lyrics like we don't overpower the lyrics because the lyrics are part of the storytelling and if they miss it then they're going to miss part of the story so um, and, and that kind of way, um, you know, trying to make sure that the that the story is being told in the choreography and in the lyrics and in the photography of all that, um, it makes it a big challenge and, and kind of an exciting challenge. I had worked with Jamal, um, who was the choreographer on, on a prior um, film, and he's just an amazing choreographer. So we had this like already built in comfort level. Mm-hmm. Um, that we were able to kind of play off of. I mean, we're buddies, you know, in a sense. So, so we were able to just to kind of sit there back in the hotel room and just kind of spit all these ideas and, and making sure that Tamara's vision is, you know, is being told um, uh, not only through the choreography, but through the photography too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, one thing I really noticed in 13 was the lighting is very, um, very much reminds me of being like a preteen or young and that kind of um, not ethereal, I don't think is the, the right word, but almost innocent, like, cause I know a lot of this was filmed on location and, and I mean, there were so many, the greens were like so green and popped and like the pinks and the yellows. I mean, there's one song where like one outfit's yellow and then the shoes are yellow and then you notice the background's yellow. So was that mixed in with the lighting also important to kind of convey the feeling in the song, the young innocence kind of thing? Yeah. I mean, you know, it always, um, the lighting always is a huge conversation between, between the director and and the DP Um, on this one, for sure. I mean, Tamara um, Davis, our director was, you know, has a music video background. And so for us to work together, it was really easy because we're, we're the same age and we have the same kind of sensibility. We came up with the same, you know, people, the same music. And so um, when we sat down and talked, we were able to reference videos from, you know, really from our youth, you know, and um, and try to bring those kind of uh, elements in, into the film. And, and, and um, I mean, in a sense, you know, you don't want the lighting to overpower the story in a sense. Mm-hmm. So, so in some ways the lighting is played off of you know, the story, you know, and, and, and the sets and, and, and the, in the, um, and the choreography and stuff like that. But you also want it to heighten and, and, and kind of work seamlessly with, um, with the story. And so that's why I kind of chose a more hierarchy, brighter, more poppy colors, because when I was a kid, that kind of was the way I saw life in a sense, you know, it's funny, you know, it's really funny. You're asking that question too, because, uh, you know, I am, I am the MTV generation. I know everyone out there thinks they are the MTV generation. I am the MTV. I was there the day it came out. I remember when there was only two videos. And you know, and in another sense, I am the the um, uh, 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 Walkman generation too. I mean, Walkmans came out when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So in a sense, when I was a kid, 
I lived, my life was a music video. That's all I thought about was music videos. That's all I thought about was listening to music and walking down the street and seeing life through, you know, music. And um, so, so that all has come back and, and kind of full circle. And, and when we did 13, it was just such an easy um, visual to, to play off of because, you know, having those experiences and, and also working with a director that had those same experiences. Uh, yeah, it was really, um, I know it was kind of me as a kid. I hate to say it, <laughs> you know, as an adult, I hate to say it. that's how I was when I was a kid, you know, happy and singing songs all day long in a bright, colorful world. Um, <laughs> no, I understand that. And I mean, like the big things are like, I'm going to be getting my first kiss and the first yeah. kiss is so innocent and so yeah. sweet and trying to set that up. And, and so it makes sense that it would be, you know, those, those heightened colors, like, you know, in real life aren't that bright necessarily, but having right. them like at that, just, I don't know, it adds to it. It adds to the, the whimsy and definitely that childhood feeling. And yeah, stuff. for sure. Yeah, for sure. Or at least the way we like to look back at our childhood. For sure. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which may or may yeah. not be completely was, accurate. <laughs> right. Right. But it's, you know, it's the way we remember it, but you know, it's funny you say the first kiss too, because I told a couple of the actors um, who were, phenomenal young you know young started out as kids and by the end of the shoot they were young adults um I met my wife when I was their age and oh, wow. and that whole idea of like going to the movies and putting your arm around your date that I you know that was you know my wife and I's first film we were a little bit older I think we were 15 when we met but um was Hellraiser one. So, uh, and I totally did the whole slide, <laughs> I know the Brett move with the slide, my arm around, you know, or, and stuff like that. So um, uh, it was a great, you know, working on this film really did bring a lot, a lot of that stuff back. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. Definitely. You know, picking the horror movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and you already touched a little bit on this. Cause I was curious about that with working with the director with, with Tamara, because, she's worked on music videos, like you said, too. So it seems like that did help your working relationship a little bit. Cause it sounds like you have kind of the same kind of sensibilities from working in that. Correct. Yeah, I think, I think so. I think at least if we, if we don't have the same sensibilities, we have the same language. Mm-hmm. And so that made it really easy where, where sometimes when you're talking with a director who came up on it, you know, maybe through editing or something like that, they, you know, it takes, it takes a while, you know, to get, to, to get a language down where you can both talk about how the visuals are going to actually, um, you're going to create those visuals with Mm -hmm. Tamara, you know, we would just hit off, you know, we hit it off right off from, from the, from the very get go. And we would just, you know, reference old videos that we had worked on. I knew her, her work very well. She knew my work and we were able to play off of that. She's a really interesting person to work with. She's very open and very, um, you know, she, she'll take an idea and she'll think about it and, you know, she'll tell you when she, when it's not going to work and she'll tell you when, oh yeah, that is, that's a great idea. So it was a really great uh, collaboration. It was a true pleasure to work with her and some of her, her talents. Yeah. Well, and there's also, I wanted to know uh, for one of the songs, the opportunity song in here, mm-hmm. there is a moment where like a room moves a little bit. Right. And doing shots like that, because I know also when when you worked on, you know, Descendants 3, that has some fantastical fantasy elements to it mm-hmm. as well. So mm-hmm. when you're working with any kind of special effect or anything that's a little bit not 
you know, where something has to move like that. What are the challenges and the joys and that kind of work? Well, you, you know, it's funny is, is that, you know, is, is, is directors of photography, we all have these great, like, you know, we all want to make it all about the photography, we have, you know, cranes and stepping on the cranes and getting off the cranes. And, and so you really need someone strong, uh, a strong director to like kind of bring all the elements, the choreography, the photography, the, the um, wardrobe, the production design into one space. And so um, with, with 13, well, actually going back to um, Descendants, you know, Kenny, um, you know, uh, was the, you know, came up in the Fred Astaire kind of world. And so his sensibilities come from that. And so he kind of hones us in that way. With 13, Tamara came up, came up through more. I mean, again, we are the, the babies of, of MTV and, and in some sense, social media too. And so a lot of what we did is based around some of the things that you would see potentially on TikTok or something like that. Mm-hmm. And trying to make sure that what we're doing is being relatable to our audience. Um, so I think the shot you're talking about is in the yellow room when the, the camera flips up yeah. on the side. I mean, that's just a, that is, you know, a TikTok phenomenon and you can't help but to want to do it in this film because that, you know, that the, the, the age of the kids that are hopefully watching this and the kids that are in it, you know, that's their world, you know? And so we wanted to kind of bring that space into them. That idea, I wish I could take credit for. It's actually very funny because Jamal came up with it and, and said, we should put this piece in there. And, and, um, and it's great to do it on your phone. It's a whole nother thing to do it with a 70 pound camera and, <laughs> and you know, and a, and, yeah. and a, you know, a hundred people standing behind you. So um, it was, a, it actually something so simple became so challenging. And um, I'll, I'll give a big shout out to our second AC, Karen, who, is a young TikToker and um, was like, no, 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 guys, you're, you're thinking about it too hard. Just do, just flip it this way. That's how I do it. And we did it. And it's such a great piece of the song. Yeah, it fits. And it fits so well with the it lyrics fits so of the song. Well. That, yeah, mm-hmm. so well, yeah. yeah. I think yeah. that is one of the interesting things about my job too, is that you do have to do your research. If you don't do your research on your audience, then you, you really are going to miss the boat. And, you know, I'm very fortunate to have a lot of young people, um, uh, nieces, nephews, friends in my life that, that, you know, I, I could reach out to, or that I just spend time with and, and understand, or at least, you know, pretend to understand what, you know, what the youth is going through today and try to relate that into the film. Yeah. And I want to know a lot of this is shot on location. Like I said, some of mm-hmm. it is, and, mm-hmm. Um, what are the challenges and the joys of being able to shoot on location versus like if you're shooting like in a set or something like that? And studio. Right. Right. Well, it's, you know, um, it's tough to shoot a musical on location because you have to um, take the choreography into, um, into account. And, and so with this big of a cast, it becomes very horizontal. We're the architects of what building you're shooting in aren't worried about the choreography of, that's going to be shot in their building. So, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the front of the school um, is a great example. You know, um, we spent, you know, months looking for the right school that had a very kind of horizontal shape to it because we knew we were going to put a hundred kids in front of their dancing and singing. And we wanted to shoot in a 2.0 aspect ratio. And so the school had to fit that. So it's hard. You're kind of backwards engineering your locations into the musical um, we're working on a set on a stage 
you can build those um, the set pieces to fit the, the, the uh, choreography. And so a lot of the rooms that we shot in are built after the choreography was designed so that we would build the room exactly how Jamal needed it to fit the choreography. Wow. Yeah. I would, I, I just kept thinking that when I was watching, I'm like, this must have been really such an interesting challenge to do this on, on location with those huge numbers, especially the, like you said, the, the school, especially was the one yeah. I thought was probably one of the more challenging ones I would think. Yeah, yeah. it is. And, and it's in all elements. I mean, it's not just on the creative end. It's also a challenge on, you know, the production end where yeah. they're bringing in a hundred kids, you know, we have to feed them. You have to, yeah, they have to, they still have to go to school. I mean, no one ever thinks about that. All those <laughs> kids have to have teachers. They all have to go to school. They mm. all have to have a guardian. So it becomes this really, um, it's a Herculean task, I think, to have this big of a cast on location. And we were very fortunate. We had, you know, a great set of producers. Um, you know, we had Neil Merman, who, you know, who did Chicago and stuff like that. And, and, and um, Marianne Waterhouse, who's, who's, you know, phenomenal and, and was able to get all those nuts and bolts put into place so that we could do it. Yeah. And, and, you know, mentioning working with kids and working with young adults and, and you've also done that, of course, like you said, with Freaky Friday and the Descendants 3 and stuff. Um, what have been not so much the challenges, but what has been sort of the joy of working with younger, with young kids, especially in musicals? So. Yeah. I mean, there's so many, I mean, I don't even know where to start with that because there's so many <laughs> things on a personal level. It's, it's amazing because these kids come into your life and you have them for, you know, I think, I think I met um, the first day I met them to the last day we sent them home was, I don't want to say it was four months. It was something like that long and they change and they grow up and they become these young adults. Uh, and you're watching that happen in kind of a, in a voyeuristic kind of way. And that's so rewarding. And, 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 uh, I know like on Freaky Friday, we had Jason and, and he was, I mean, he was a kid when we started. And by the end of summer, he was in my camera department slating, you know, and stuff <laughs> like that. So it's really kind of fun. You know, we become their uncles and aunts in a sense, um, in a creative, in a more creative, uh, uh um, way where we, there is a dotted line, um, from us to them. So, you know, in, in a normal, um, environment, we would be, you know, the adults, they would be the children. And on a film set, they're adults and we're adults. And, and we, um, uh, the majority of the kids that I've worked with understand that and they go in there to work and they're, they're there to work and um, they're there to listen and they're there, there to take um, critique and comments and they um, adjust when you need them to, to adjust. And uh, it's there, you know, these kids were picked for a reason and they're extremely talented. And, mm -hmm. you know, we don't, as, as a cinematographer, I don't need to go in there and say, make sure you hit your mark, make sure you look towards the light. This is your, this is what, this is what's lighting you. This is where you need to kind of focus on. They already know it. So they are, it is a lot of like working with uh, an adult actor because they've already, they are, you know, mm -hmm. they, they do, they do the same things. And a sense, but in another sense, they are, just young and fresh and excited and happy to be there. And they, they don't want to stop working. They would dance and sing until they fell over and passed out. And, and that's just such a refreshing, you know, way to go to work. You know, they're inspiring in a sense. 
and you want to make sure that they look good and that you um, you represent them the way that they want to be represented. So I hope that I hope I didn't get all off trail on that. But no. there's just so there's so many ways. I mean, I enjoy working with kids. I enjoy working with adults. I'd rather work with with kids. I think they're they're much more inspiring to me, and I think that I learn more from them than I would learn from an adult actor. That's just the honest truth. Yeah, that's that's very interesting because, of course, you know, they always say that never work with children and never work with animals, yeah, that yeah. that thing. But usually when you talk to people who have worked with with kids, they say pretty much what you're saying. And I, you know, I was wondering with the slating thing, you know, when when at the end of this isn't really a spoiler yeah. at all, since it's like a tag yeah. on there, when you have all of the actors doing the different slates and the joy that the actors <laughs> seem to feel oh from God. being able to do that. So did that kind of just instill a new joy in you for what you're doing and for working in film and stuff? Oh, a hundred percent. I was so funny because Nikita from Netflix said to me um, uh, right after I got hired is that, you know, the last day you will cry on the show when all those kids are going home. And I'm like, yeah, I don't cry. And I got to tell you, when those kids were putting up the slate, that was the last day we filmed. We saved that to the very end. So it was a very emotional day, especially for those kids. You know, they're up there slating themselves. Um, and it's their last day. That that big last dance performance, the title sequence was, was the last day. So, so it was a very emotional time for everybody on that thing. And it was. It was a, a real tearjerker to see those kids go. You know, I guess this is a big shout out to social media because I'm, I'm, they're all, we're all social media. We're all Instagram friends. So, so at least I get to see them a little bit, but um, yeah, it, it's, um, it was, it was a, a tearful, hard thing to see them slate. And then usually when they slated, that was it for them. Oh yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well that, that gives a whole new depth actually to that little to tagging that on there too knowing that so yeah yeah because they seem so like happy and joyful and just elated and proud of themselves too in a a really nice way to see so yeah it's again it is very you know i'm i'm in my 50s i've been doing this a long time and just to work on a kid show it is really refreshing and and it makes you want to keep on going to work you know because you want you want to see those kids succeed Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And then I'm just curious, do you have a favorite musical number? Yeah, that's a really tough one. Someone else asked me that's really that's a really <laughs> hard one for me. Um, you know, there's I think opportunity is probably one of my favorite just because it's stretched across so many different you know spaces and sets mm-hmm. and tying things together and stuff like that. It's probably not my favorite song, but it's definitely my favorite musical number. You know, it's, you know, the thing is with this one is every song is good. Every musical number is good. I mean, Jamal did an amazing job with the choreography. You know, he did an amazing job on the last movie I worked on. This was, you know, he's, I was blown away. Every day I went to rehearsals, I was just blown away. I'm like, oh my God, I hope I can make this look as good as he did the choreography. (laughs) So, um, 
yeah, so I'd have to say it's opportunity is probably one of my faves, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The dance, the dance moves, the choreography is pretty oh, remarkable. And I mean, yeah, yeah. And like you already said, those, those actors are supremely talented. It's, just, oh my it's mind blowing. Yeah. You know, it's, are. yeah, it's so funny too, because when I was their age, again, you know, I was in the basement watching MTV, you know, and, and uh, to see these kids out there singing and dancing, I'm like, God, maybe I did, maybe my mom was right. I did waste my youth watching, you know, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, maybe I should have paid more attention, but yeah, it is. They are on this group of kids is, I, I, you know, it was 13 of them. That. They're the most talented kids. These are going to be the stars of the future for sure. Yeah, definitely. And I, and, you know, I'm sure they would be I kept thinking this would be amazing to see on stage too. Cause I know this was originally yeah. on stage mm-hmm. and yeah. And they would probably be fantastic in that, that environment as well. So for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then going back to descendants three, a little bit, since there is some action in that as well. I mean, it's still musical, it's fantasy, it's fantastical. Mm-hmm. It's that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, are there challenges then with that one that were a little bit different than shooting, say this musical? Yeah, there's more, much more special effects on that on that show. On that, on that show. I want to say there's something like 700 special effects sequences, VFX. I'm sorry, not special VFX sequences on that. And um, so that would took a lot more into account. Uh, the kids were a little older, and they were actually weren't really kids. So um, uh, they're you know young adults that, that on the one that I worked on. Um, so we had them for a lot longer I mean usually they'll get a kid for six to eight hours on the set and then they're out and I think that's where that saying is never work with kids and dogs because the second they step on we start a stopwatch and yeah. that is they are going to step off on that when the countdown timer is done um, and there is no talking anybody out of it and so um, you know so that's always a hard thing with, with descendants they were a little older we got them for a little bit longer descendants was an interesting job too in the sense that I knew Sophia Carson from her from doing a music video with her, and I knew Dove, um, Dove from doing a music video. Dove Cameron from doing a music mm-hmm. video with her. So I knew them as children when they were starting out, and then to come back on this this project when they're young adults, it was really fun and again, you know, exciting to see where their careers took them. But I, yeah, I, I think it kind of in a in a nutshell, it's the the special effect, the VFX on on Descendants really played into it and made it. A much more challenging job, you know, especially with the time we have allotted. Yeah, yeah, I would think so. And I know this is probably a really hard question to answer, but you know, for anyone who wants to become a cinematographer, or for for anyone who's wondering what you think are the essential elements that make someone a good DP or anything, what would mm-hmm. you say to that? I know it's kind of a hard question, probably to answer. Yeah. You know, it's it's funny. Is is I get a lot of people who ask me that, and I and and. You know, there's the creative answer, you know, of like, you know, you know, you've got to, you know, um, that I think you'd find probably some of the really big, you know, Roger Deakins, you know, or someone like that who would come in from. But, you know, I'm more of a, a, um, a mid uh, budget level um, uh, cinematographer. And so for me, I would say you, you, you have really three things that you have to work on. And that is the creative part. And there's the luck part that you just meet somebody who's going to elevate you and take you along for the ride. And then there's the business side of it. And you really have to be all those three things. You have to be strong in all of them. And, um, you know, you can't be a great cinematographer without a great director. 
And you can't be a great cinematographer without um, understanding how to uh, promote yourself and elevate yourself and, and the business side of it. And then all of that doesn't matter a bit if you aren't creative and doing interesting things because there's a long line of creative people right behind you who want to take your job. So if you can't constantly be you know, pushing the boundaries um, in whatever genre you're working in, you just won't be able to succeed. So um, I know that sounds very, you know, I hope it doesn't sound very vague, no. um, but, but that's kind of the way I look at it, you know, for at least in my life, it's been, you know, this three tier thing, creativity, luck, and, you know, and, and, you know, and, and that luck kind of thing, it's, you know, who you, who you um, align with, you know, who are the directors that you worked with when they were coming up so that, you know, hopefully that you'll all, you know, come together on a big project and then the business side of it. And I don't think anyone really talks about the business. I mean, we are a business. I mean, I am Adam Santelli, Inc. I'm a business mm -hmm. and um, uh, I hate it. But, you know, that's just part of the job. You know, I'd love to be sitting on the dolly and just being create, creating shots every single day and not worrying about anything else. But it's just not the way it is. Yeah, there's other elements to it. And you're right. Yeah. People don't don't think about that with any creative. I don't think with creative endeavors, I don't think people think about that side of it. They just want to yeah. be creative, which is understandable. Yeah. But there is also that business element to it yeah. too that you know and, you have to remember and that's all that people want and really that's all people want to talk about is the creative side of it but there's a mm -hmm. whole nother world out there and you can't really succeed without you know I, want, I don't want to say being a savvy business person but you know just understanding you know what it you know what the nuts and bolts are of the job I mean you know filming a you know making a movie being a cinematographer movie is great it's unbelievably fun but there was on this job, 10 weeks of figuring out where the gear, how much gear you're going to need, you know, uh, figuring out the cruise size, debating, I'll say debating with the, with the line producer and the production manager about, no, I have to have the crane on this day. You know, <laughs> there is a whole other aspect of it that people forget about. And, and that is in, 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 in all honesty, it's, the majority of the work, the prep, I, you know, we prepped for 10 weeks on this job and, and, you know, I was, you know, um, uh, with the production manager and the line producer, you know, every day, you know, just trying to say, you know, this is what we need. And, you know, can we, if we do this, can we have that? And if we cut down here, can I build up here? Because you, you know, your job as a cinematographer is to make sure that the director's vision is on that film and, and it's a battle to get it there every day. Um, mm -hmm. I, I listened to this great interview with Maddie Libatique the other day and, and, you know, Maddie and I came up in the same, in the same world. Um, we worked with some of the same directors, Steve Carr and music videos and, and, you know, Maddie's a unbelievable talent and, and, and um, an inspiration. And he, you know, he said the same thing, you know, he's doing Academy Award winning movies. He's, he's has the same problems in his world too. And, um, that was a little refreshing and a little disappointing, I guess, <laughs> at the same time, but you know, it is, it is a, it's a lot of work, you know, it's a lot of behind the scenes work to get, you know, to get it on, you know, sadly mm -hmm. on, you know, in the digital world now we, I used, I came out of film. So, you know, to get on, it was yeah. a whole different world back then. 
Well, it's it's all it's a miracle that any movie gets made. Honestly, the amount of work that goes into making I mean, yeah. making even like a short film is a miracle. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So to make it make feature length, anything like that. Yeah, yeah. it's an absolute. Yeah, no, I actually think the short film, to, to your point, is, is even harder because That's you true. don't have a studio like we had Netflix. You know, we had someone to call and say, hey, look, can, can throw us a little bit more money. Um, but when you're doing a short film, I have a lot of friends who who work in that medium. Um, to trying to elevate their careers and and to watch what they have to go through is such a struggle. I mean, look, it's always a struggle. Anyone who wants to get a, to, to work in this space is a struggle, whether you're succeeding or whether you're trying to get there. And, um, uh, you know, if you're coming out of that world of short filmmaking, you're going to have a really good, a, a, an easier time making films, you know, full feature length films because you've you've been through the battlefield. I think that's that's interesting to hear and that's good to hear probably for a lot of people that are wondering that, you know, because yeah. I I mean, I've heard from some people saying, oh, short films, that's not really that <laughs> I'm like, well, you're going to learn something and they could turn into something longer down the road. And who knows who you're going to meet there? Like you said, it's also about connections. So, yeah. Anytime you have a chance to pick up and start shooting or directing or whatever it is, it's an opportunity to learn something new, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, it's an important thing, you know, I, I, you know, it's funny is, you know, I came, when I came up, you know, we shot film, there was nothing else. We just shot film and it was really, really hard because you had to pay for that film and you had to develop that film. So now, you know, you're pulling out your DSLR camera, your iPhone or whatever, your Android, whatever mm -hmm. phone you have, you can make a great quality piece of work on your phone. And you can experiment and play with it. And you should be doing that all the time. And I think all of that is important. I, I really, I mean, I'm very fortunate. I got to spend half my career in film. And I'm really fortunate. I get to spend the second half in the digital medium. I, I really believe the digital medium um, allows people to become better filmmakers because um, they have more opportunities to practice and, mm -hmm. and more opportunities to see, test what works and what doesn't work. Yeah. It makes sense. And then I'm just curious, lastly, is there a genre you would love to work in that you haven't gotten a chance to, or you would like to work in more? Um, so when I started my career, I was in the lighting department for horror films. And I have never had more fun and um, been more, been able to be more creative in that genre and you know i say to my agents all the time i say you got to get me a horror film i want to do another horror film and they look <laughs> and they're like no <laughs> musicals you know but no i would love to get back there i'd love to get back to horror films you know i did um i worked on all the you know early like hellraisers and children of the corn and nightmare on elm street and all these really fun and interesting and creative films and and i'd love to get back there and do some of that Awesome. Well, I hope it happens for you because yeah, yeah I, I would think they'd be a lot of, that's my favorite genre. So <laughs> I would think yeah. it'd be a ton of fun to, to work yeah. on those. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Great. Well, thank you so much again. And, and if there's anything else you want to promote or if you want to tell people where they can find you as well. Yeah, no, I'm on Instagram. It's the best place to find me. Um, Adam Santelli at, you know, in Instagram, but I'm easy to find. So, you know, let me know how you think about the film because I'd be really curious to hear your comments. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Adam. Thank you so much for joining me. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. And this is Erin. You can follow me on Twitter at eAprilBeauty. The E and the A and the B are capitalized. 
Be sure to like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod on Twitter at fandom thing pod. No, it's in that one on Instagram at it's a fandom thing pod on TikTok at it's a fandom thing pod. If you would like to be a potential interview guest on the show, feel free to reach out to us via our website. It's a fandom thing pod.com. Click the contact us button there and that'll shoot us an email or you can email me directly at Aaron at it's a fandom thing pod.com or it's a fandom thing pod at gmail.com. So until next time, remember it's a fandom thing, black lives matter and stop Asian hate. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why, what do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.